What's up, fanboys and fangirls? It's Mike here from LRMOnline.com, bringing you another exciting episode of LRM TV Podcast. And this week's episode is actually about Star Wars Celebration Recap. Um, we actually recorded this, Mark and I did, uh, last Thursday night, but for whatever reason, we had a couple technical difficulties, and so the track actually didn't come out as great as I wanted to, and I didn't want to post it up and have you guys listen to a bunch of garbage, so I'm going to redo the episode by myself and kind of just go over the key points of what Mark and I discussed, and then we'll get back on track this week on uh, Friday. So I'm going to start off going on about the things when I was at Star Wars Celebration kind of that stuck out like a sore thumb, the bad stuff, and then go over the good stuff because the good outweighed the bad tremendously. Although there were some hiccups along the way, well, not necessarily hiccups, but just issues at hand that weren't on the hands of Disney or Star Wars, but actually the uh, company that organized the event. Um, It ended up being a, a kind of a black eye for Star Wars Celebration for a lot of fans. And um, we'll go into that and then break down the panels that I went to. Um, also talk about Galactic Nights, uh, Disney's first Star Wars theme after party um, at Hollywood Studios that I was able to attend. So going into the bad of Star Wars Celebration. Now, I know I hate to start it off on a negative note, but I'd rather get it out of the way so then we can focus majority of the time on the good and great stuff that happened at Star Wars Celebration. So for those of you who did not attend, if you did not follow on Twitter um, in Star Wars Celebration, there was a lot of chaos going on on the first and second day of Star Wars Celebration. So uh, Thursday and Friday. First, let's start off with this. Star Wars Celebration is organized um, this year by a company called ReadPop. For those of you who don't know, ReadPop, they organize a lot of events all across the world. And in the United States, they're most known for running the event of C2E2 in Chicago. And they do a great job with it. And this was their first year running all the events um, at Star Wars Celebration. And also dealing with autographs and photo ops, it was Tops, which you guys, if you're into sports collecting, may remember Tops as being um, baseball cards and so forth. They've kind of expanded now, and they now are in the autograph photo op business. And so Pop and Tops started off as their first Star Wars celebration this year organizing event. And if you had to give them a grade of an A to F, um, a lot of people that attended this uh, celebration would probably give, give ReadPop probably a D, you know, DF, um, depending on who you talk to. Uh, my grade would probably be more close to a C just because of the overall improvements that they made throughout the weekend, but there were still a lot of issues at hand. But Tops, um, I didn't necessarily deal with the autographs and photo opportunities, but for a lot of fans, it was not a pleasant situation. Um, you know, there were a lot of people that missed out on their times, waited well over three hours just to get an autograph. And it, for these type of events, it has to run really smoothly um, in your given times and in locations and so forth. And there are a lot of people that were following suit, but it was it just didn't happen that way. So um, why became such a, a mess and fiasco? So. Uh, the first day of Star Wars Celebration, the big panel of the day was the celebration of the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, which was highly anticipated. A lot of fans expected 
a lot of the old cast and, you know, George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, and some, you know, just little other things. And it was, it, the panel was absolutely amazing, which we'll get into a little bit later. So in order to attend this panel, you had to spend the night in the Orange County Convention Center where Star Wars Celebration was happening at. Um, so Wednesday night, they opened up the doors at 8 p.m., and you basically waited in line, got wanded through the metal detectors, and then you basically got back in line in what order you came in, and you set up shop. You basically, if you brought a, a sleeping bag or you know these you know blow up mattresses, you set that up, and you stayed inside the convention center till about 5 a.m. in the morning when they hand, started handing out wristbands, and it took about a total of three hours to hand those wristbands out. Now, here was the issue. The doors opened up at 8 p.m. People were showing up at you know, various times, but there was no real organized way of getting in and in line. So what ended up happening was is that people that were showing up well before 8 p.m., claiming their spot as one of being one of the first people in line, were basically met at the same time of people showing up at 8 p.m., and there was no kind of organization how to line up and so forth. So that was a little bit of an issue there. Then as people started getting in, um, there was no real organized way of what would be the beginning of the line and what would be the end of the line when getting into the actual convention center and lining up to get wristbands. So you had a mass flood of people coming in and just kind of staking out wherever they thought the beginning of the line should be, basically cutting line. And so this became a massive issue. Now, according to the website, prior to um, Star Wars Celebration, the rules were set out. You had to be in, uh, inside the convention center by midnight. And at midnight, the doors are closed. And the only way you would get in is in, uh, later would be at 5 a.m. Um, at 5 a.m., the doors would open up and you would be basically set in line for the people behind the people that were sleeping over. So everybody assumed when they were in that they could just drop their stuff and just go hang out because there were some vendors that were um uh that were serving food and drinks and also people were trying to hang out with some friends and you know just get to know each other who are you hanging around with well the doors never got locked so people started showing up around 2 a.m in the morning 3 a.m and just started just jumping in with their friends that they had already put in place so Long story short, people that got there around 8, 9 o'clock ended up getting screwed out of not getting into the actual panel. And here's where the issue lies. People waited all night long to get a wristband and then were basically said, sorry, no more wristbands. So then, fine, then let us go into the, ex let us be the first people in the exhibition hall where all the vendors were and go shopping first. The problem is, is that by 6, 7 a.m., people already started lining up to get into the exhibition hall, which didn't open up until 10 a.m. So now people that had spent all night waiting for a wristband, didn't get a wristband, now had to wait in line just to be let into the exhibition hall where the vendors were and miss out on some of the exclusive stuff that for the first couple people that were getting in there. So this caused a lot of panic. That's just the, the very tip of the iceberg. The next issue at hand was, I don't think Reed Pop was expecting so many people to come in on Thursday at the very beginning. I think they felt like it was going to be a trickle effect. So the 
company organized it where there would be a one entrance way in. Um, so you'd come in and because of security and heightened threats that have gone on around the world and so forth, it was expected that there would be security and there would be metal detectors and making sure everything that came into the building was cleared, which is fine. I understand that. So understand that this event had well over 15,000 to 20,000 people in the Orange County Convention Center at one time, um, whether it was security, vendors, workers, panelists, people attending, you know, fans and so forth. Eight metal detectors was not going to be enough for um, getting everyone in. So what ended up happening was is a line started to form and not just a small line, a very long line that wrapped around the entire convention center. Well, three quarters of the convention center. And the line to get in just was about a two to three hour wait. People were expecting to just walk right into this convention center and go right into whatever they wanted to do. People had young kids in the line that were expecting to just walk right in. Well, in Orange County, Florida, in April, it's not extremely hot, but it's hot. And especially for people who aren't used to that weather, ended up starting to, you know, get overheated. And when people get overheated, people get, you know, the tempers start to flare. And so kids were starting to, you know, get upset and people were starting to get upset because there was nothing you could do. You couldn't jump out of land because there was not, there's no way of getting back in. Um, there's one way in, one way out. And there was no way of getting into the convention center to buy something to drink because all the vendors were inside the convention center. So now people are panicked and are flustered and they're waiting two to three hours a lot and it became mad chaos. There were people that only bought a one day pass for Thursday that basically ended up spending three hours in line just to get in, which is basically the the way the biggest waste of money you can actually think of. You know, $75 for a one day pass. Um, and they're ultimately wasted on three to four hours of just standing in line just to get in not even just waiting in line to buy a shirt or anything like that so as the weekend progressed repop decided to open up more locations to get into the actual convention center which was smart this was a the the, the best decision they made okay now dealing with the wristbands and getting in that that got better as well but for a lot of fans that came in on Thursday and Friday, it was too little too late. And basically you had not a major amount of people, but a small amount of group that just decided not to come back. Bought four day passes and said, you know what, screw it, I'm not coming back. Um, and that was, you know, a big issue. Um, but hopefully in the future, if Reed Pop in does come back with Star Wars Celebration and organizes the event, they know now what to expect, either what wherever location it is, and they can, you know, plan accordingly. Um, with tops, so they were in charge of the autographs and photo ops. And what ended up happening was, if you wanted an autograph or a photo opportunity with one of the Star Wars celebrities, you, majority of people pre-bought their um, their passes to get you know their tickets to get an autograph or photo and they were given a grouping and time and so you would show up at the time and you'd be put in a group and basically it was to help make things go so smoothly 
here's where the problem began was that the lines were so long to get into Star Wars Celebration just to get into the floor that people were missing out on their actual times, not because that they were shopping or anything, but they couldn't get into the building. So now Tops was forced to honor a lot of people that had missed out. So um, under the rules, if you missed your time or, you know, just didn't show up, you basically forfeited and there was no refunds. And so Tops couldn't do that. So, um, so what they started doing is honoring people that had, you know, late... Um, late tickets or showing up the next day and what that ended up doing was causing the lines for photos and um and autographs to become way out of hand because now people that were showing up for their correct time and day were being jumped by people that missed out on Thursday or on Friday and this became a massive issue and so people ended up started like just basically giving away their tickets they had to get photo ops because they couldn't wait in line and so Tops took a lot of heat for that because because of the issues that happened with the lines coming in because of security that became ultimately um, a big effect on Tops. The last issue um, with the Star Wars Celebration, well, it's a two-parter, um, were the vendors. Um, some vendors had a lottery system, so like Lego, Hasbro, uh, Funko, you had to um, enter a lottery system prior to Star Wars Celebration, about a week prior to it. And only a certain handful of people were granted um, access to the stores during the normal times. And the agreement was, was that Funko and um, Lego and Hasbro and these other exclusive vendors would then at a certain time open up to the public if there was anything left. So, for instance, Lego had an exclusive um, Lego set that was the Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, A New Hope scene from the Death Star Detention Center. And you basically had to get the lottery ticket in order to get that because every single day that Lego would open up their store, they would have sold out of the allotted amount that they were um, selling. So very few people outside of the lottery got that. Same thing with Funko and same thing with Hasbro. A lot of the exclusive things basically got sold by the lottery system. Um, this was a bit of a, ma a confusion for some people that didn't do their research. Basically, they bought their tickets way back when and didn't bother going to the site because they had their tickets, didn't think they needed to do anything else. And so when they show up wanting to buy stuff, get all these nice exclusive things, they can't. And so some fans were, you know, trying to negotiate deals with people waiting in line. Hey, can you buy me one or can you buy me this? And, you know, for the most part, um, people were trading, you know, I've got a Funko, you get, you get me a Lego set and we can make trades and so forth, which was fine. But there were some families that just couldn't do that and, you know, ended up being kind of a bummer for some kids. Now, that wasn't saying everything was exclusive and you had to be a lottery system, but just some of the little um, trinkets that you probably would have wanted, but oh well, you didn't make it, uh, you missed out on it. Um, the other issue was the celebration store. So, Reed Pop decided to have one location where you could get all of the exclusive Star Wars celebration gear shirts, patches, programs, um, anything and everything you can think of, which was, you know, a, a, a lot of different things on there. Um, the line to get into the store because they didn't want to have a mass chaos inside, so they would allow about 15 to 20 people in at a time, 
um, the lines ended up getting well over three and a half to four hours long. So you get into the, let's say you get in to the Star Wars celebration about 11, 12 o'clock. You decide to walk around and so forth, shopping. And then you said, okay, around three o'clock, let me go buy a shirt from Star Wars Celebration Store, get an exclusive Last Jedi shirt, get me, a, you know, um, one of the exclusive shirts that are on sale, whatever. Uh, program patches, cups, mugs, whatever. Um, three o'clock, you roll around, you stand in line, you're probably not going to get to the store, inside the store, till seven, eight o'clock, you know, and by then, this, the the actual conventions closed for the night. Um, you had to get in line by three o'clock at the latest. If you didn't get in line to the celebration store by three o'clock in the afternoon, they basically closed it off because they knew the wait time would take you all the way to the end of the convention. So people that bought one day tickets had to make a decision. Do I wait in line and waste three and a half hours of my convention time just getting a shirt or two or three or do I go walk around and experience all the other things that are going on? Do I? You had to make decisions at this celebration. Did, was I going to go see a panel? Was I going to go to where I, you know, go to the celebration store? Was I going to go walk around the exhibition floor? Where I going to, you know, all these things that you should be able to experience in a day or two. You had to make decisions. If you were going to the celebration uh, 40th anniversary panel or say the Last Jedi panel. Your morning and afternoon basically were dedicated to that panel. So by the time you got out of those panels, whether it was celebration, uh, anniversary, or um, Last Jedi panel, it was close to 11, 12 o'clock. So you had to make a decision after that. Am I going to the celebration store or am I just going to forfeit and then walk around? Um, so was this a, a, a hindrance? Yeah, because you, ha you had to basically plan and make a choice. Um, every other convention I've been to, um, big or small, you, you've been able to experience majority of stuff. Maybe there was something you missed out on, a panel here or there. But for the most part, everyone was able to get in um, and do what they wanted to do and leave there and say, I, I experienced everything. Um, and so this convention design wasn't utilized the best way I think it should have but it's read pops first time around let's see how they do the next go around they have two years to plan because 2019 will be the next celebration um basically with the third movie of the trilogy being done for so that's it on the negative side let's focus on the positives there are a lot of positives with this uh Star Wars celebration First off, the panels. The panels, 100% top of the line. If you watched them on live stream, if you were at the actual galaxy stage where the panels were being hosted, it was amazing. From the beginning with the 40th celebration of A New Hope, all the way to the end to the closing ceremonies, whatever panel you went into was amazing. So I was able to attend the 40th celebration, the Last Jedi panel, uh, Star Wars Rebels Season 4, you know, which was a, a, uh, amazing and a shocker with Dave Filoni announcing it would be the last season of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> Battlefront 2. And then also um, another one that wasn't as popular as I thought it would be, but the Disney Parks uh, panel that it kind of explained how the new Star Wars um, 
theme in Hollywood Studios would look like in the new areas that they were basically mapping out. Uh, the 40th anniversary panel, unbelievable. The two, the biggest surprise was John Williams at the end, and you know, doing the Leia's theme and the big tribute to her. Seeing Billy Lord come out, um, seeing Harrison Ford come out and talking with George Lucas, and that was amazing as well. The Last Jedi panel, unbelievable. That was well worth the wait. I, so I had to spend the night both nights <clears throat> because media had access to almost everything, but. The 40th anniversary in Last Jedi, they told us that if we wanted to attend those, we would have to, of course, you know, camp out, which was not a problem for me whatsoever. So the Last Jedi panel, um, Ryan Johnson, the night before when everybody's camping out, comes out into, you know, the convention center at 11 o'clock at night and stays in the convention center till about 2.30 in the morning signing everyone's badge or whatever they had, taking pictures and selfies. He basically won probably a good 5,000 fans over. Um, no matter how this movie turns out to be, it, you know, good or bad, 5,000 fans that camped out for the last Jedi panel are absolutely in love with this guy. And, you know, he is a director for the fans. That's what he basically showed us there. Um, so the last Jedi panel, amazing. You got the, the teaser trailer that came out and it's something about being there, seeing the teaser trailer, um, live at the event, not streaming and some, it's something that just made it special. Kind of one of those bucket list things. I was able to be at a star Wars trailer premiere, uh, going all the way back to when the Phantom Menace premiered its trailer, way back when on the old 56k modems downloading it you know uh, watching on QuickTime, there was something about that moment it still resonates with me sitting at my home computer watching that trailer and seeing the last jedi trailer live with kathleen kennedy and ryan johnson there um in the cast of the last jedi you know with daisy ridley being there something special i don't think anybody at star wars celebration would have disagreed with me that Standing in line or sleeping, you know, overnight for all these panels um, wasn't worth it. I think everybody would agree with me there that it was absolutely worth it. They would do it again, even though it was chaotic. It was hectic. Just those 45 minutes to an hour of panels that we got with the 40 Celebration and Last Jedi were unbelievable. Now, the Star Wars Rebel panel was kind of the surprise panel for me. So Dave Filoni and the cast of Star Wars Rebel uh, came out and... You know, it was absolutely amazing. And I could listen to Dave Filoni talk literally for days upon days. Just his insight and how he sees Star Wars is absolutely amazing. This guy is an absolute genius. Um, and the shocker of it was is that Dave Filoni announces that season four will be the end of Star Wars Rebels. Now, it was a big shock for me because talking to some of the media um, that were around us prior to the panel, we were kind of discussing that. And I thought I read previously, you know, in the, you know, prior weeks, uh, leading up to Star Wars Celebration that Disney or Disney XD had planned on Star Wars Rebels being around for another three or four years. So when he announced that, I don't know if that was something that was just happening or if that was kind of Disney XD, Disney XD's way of saying, you know what, let's tease it and, you know, or let's go a different direction and let Dave Filoni have that, that moment there. So that was the big surprise. And then of course, we've got to see, um, one of the episodes that wasn't on the live stream, 
of Star Wars Rebels Season 4, and everything looks like it's heading in the right direction, of course, with Dave Filoni at the helm and the cast and crew of Star Wars Rebels. It's nothing to be expected of. Um, so, the Battlefront 2 panel, nothing really shocking, surprising. We got the trailer that had been released already. Um, EA Sports always tries to put as much as they can into Battlefront 2. Um, just looks like we're getting a, a, a load more characters into Battlefront than we, we got from um, the previous Battlefront. So while that panel was not good or great, it was it was just it. The one that kind of surprised me the most was the Disney Parks panel. So this wasn't really a jam-packed one. Not really. A lot of people came out to this one. It was on um, actually Saturday in midday. So a lot more people were in the actual exhibition hall. Um, shopping around and so forth but this gave a lot more insight into what Disney Parks specifically Hollywood Studios is going to do to its backlot area and kind of transition from the movie style that Hollywood Studios uh, traditionally been known for into more of a Star Wars theme park I've been going to Hollywood Studios well way back in the day when it was called MGM Studios and the backlot area with the um, iconic New York scene where it made it look like it was real but really it was just you know panels that were held up uh, the Honey I Shunk the Kid playground set the old backlot tour where you got to go see all some of the old homes used for TV show sets and so forth it's all gone now um, basically they're taking out piece by piece they're going to replace that back area with a Star Wars themed area which they've already added some Star Wars stuff already to Hollywood Studios. So you have the iconic Star Tours ride that's been there since I've been a kid, since it was MGM. Um, they replaced the old animation area on the eastern part of the park. And now that's the launch Star Wars Launch Bay area where you can go get your pictures taken with all the different characters. So Hollywood Studios is slowly transitioning itself into a Star Wars and then soon to be Marvel theme park. Once the license expires with Universal, they're going to slowly start incorporating more Marvel stuff. But the theme of the actual back end area where they're going to put the Star Wars park seems to be more of like a Yavin 4 type area where it's going to be um, or you're going to be more force based than I thought. I would thought they would keep the theme of the cantina style, um, kind of like the Star Tours ride as you exit. Um, and they're going to make it so it's multi uh, faceted. So there's going to be shops, there's going to be restaurants, there's going to be rides all in there. Uh, there'll be droids walking around. And they're testing out this new type of animatronics where. Say there's a long line for uh, taking a picture with Chewbacca and stuff, and people are starting to gather around. What they're testing out now is a new style of animatronics for droids to kind of roll out at certain areas to kind of disperse crowds. Not necessarily like say move along or anything, like that, but to kind of just start up a um, a show or a photo opportunity with this area, and so. The concept is is try to be crowd control as much as possible. So I thought that was really interesting. The images that we saw in the panel was pretty, pretty exciting, and it kind of goes into the Galactic Night. So on Friday night, I was able to go to Hollywood Studios for the first ever Star Wars Galactic Nights party held at um, at the Disney parks. So 
if you've never been to the Disney parks for a after party, basically what they do is they'll close the theme park down, whichever one it is, uh, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, or Epcot, and it will be a theme party from 7 p.m. to about midnight or however long they want to do it. You have to buy a separate ticket in order to go into it. So let's say you bought tickets for a hopper pass for the day. If you did not buy uh, the Galactic Night ticket, you were not allowed to stay past 7 o'clock. And I've never, I've been to themed weekends at Disney parks. I've never been to a themed after party. So to me, to see the actual Disney staff escort people out that were, you know, straggling in, in the end and trying to get, you know, um, trying to stay for the party and stuff was amazing because they gave you these lanyards and basically you had to hold on to them in order to stay in the park. If you didn't get one, some people that walked right in were so excited about being there that they forgot to get one. So they had to prove that they were there and go get the lanyard back. Um, and if you didn't have one, you were basically escorted out nice and no, no pushing and shoving that, but it was a way to make sure it was for the people that paid, you know, their money for this ticket. What I loved about Galactic Nights was that it transformed the entire park into Star Wars theme. So no matter where you were in Hollywood Studios, everything had been transformed into a Star Wars theme. So even Aerosmith's roller coaster ride got a Star Wars makeover. So instead of it being the Aerosmith ride, you got a Star Wars video. Um, the Launch Bay area where you get to see a video um kind of explaining star wars and so forth got a special exclusive video that only for that night would you be able to see um there was also multiple marches with the captain phasma and the first order troopers marching down hollywood boulevard there was shows going on they had a new um scene called or not scene but new introduction of uh, celebrities called stars and cars where celebrities like Anthony Daniels and Ray Park um, and Alan Tudyk were basically brought down Hollywood Boulevard into this massive stage, and it was an unbelievable experience. The Star Wars Galactic Knights theme is probably going to be here for the long run, especially in 2019 when the Star Wars uh, themed area of Hollywood Studios opens up. And so if you are a Star Wars fan... Or if you just happen to be, you know, a fan of something Disney and you see an after-party thing that you're going to be around in that event, definitely go to it. A lot of people that went to Star Wars Celebration ended up going to Galactic Nights as well. So it was fun to see some people that I had met over at Star Wars Celebration be there that night. Um, and they had exclusive merchandise that you could only buy at Star Wars uh, Galactic Nights that night at Hollywood Studios. So they made it really special. Um... I would highly, highly encourage that. The last two things that kind of for Star Wars Celebration, I'm going to kind of go over is shopping. And this is more or less for the future in this kind of prepping for two years down the line. But hey, you might as well start prepping now. So shopping at Star Wars Celebration is different than any other convention I've been to. Um, and maybe it's going to change, maybe not. But do your homework. That's number one. It's kind of like going to San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con, for those who go, 
you know that you have to do your homework. Where are the vendors at? Where are the locations at? What time are they doing exclusives? Do I need to enter a lottery system and so forth? That is the biggest key for Star Wars Celebration. It's gotten to that level where you have to do your homework on where the vendors are at, just like San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and make sure you know every single vendor. Are they doing a lottery system if you really want it that bad? Because I saw a lot of people at Celebration this year just kind of wandering around aimlessly looking for places, looking for the Hasbro, looking for Legos. And even though there were signs up above kind of in displays, it was so big and it was so massive that trying to find the exact location you were supposed to be at for the exact time was difficult. So map yourself, you know, get your maps, map everything out, where you want to hit, what stores you want to go to, what's priority one, what's priority two, what's priority three, and bring tons and tons and tons of cash. It's costs a lot of money just to go to Star Wars Celebration, but at the same time, you're going to have to buy stuff there. So there were some vendors that had exclusive gear that was way out of my price range, but people were definitely buying it. So um, start saving up now. You got two years to save up for Star Wars Celebration. The last thing I uh, hit on is kind of potential locations. Um, this was the big, where's it going to be in 2019? Traditionally, in the closing ceremonies of Star Wars Celebration, they've announced where the next one will be. This one they did not. For whatever reason, um, maybe... You know, they were planning on going to Orlando in 2019 and what happened on Thursday and Friday kind of gave the head honchos of Star Wars Celebration a second guess and maybe have to work things out of, you know, where they're going to have it at. So the two major locations are going to be either Anaheim, where Star Wars Celebration has been held multiple times in the city of Anaheim and, you know, the Anaheim Convention Center can basically handle it or Orlando. Um, that's my pick. Orlando would be my pick, especially if it's going to be in 2019, just because you have the last movie of the trilogy coming out in 2019, um, during that time period. So Disney owns, you know, Star Wars. So they're going to want it to be a big shebang and everything. You're also going to have the Star Wars theme park opening up in 2019 as well. And what better way to have Star Wars celebration on the same weekend that, the Star Wars parks opens up in Hollywood Studios, having more people that are Star Wars fans and Disney at that time period, it just makes sense. Um, so if I had to take a wild guess, it's going to be there. Not saying that it could be anywhere else. Now, the other locations that some people were talking about while I was there were London and Tokyo. So London held Star Wars Celebration the year before during the Rogue One celebration and it went off not flawlessly but pretty well as expected as could be. Um, Tokyo. This is where I think it could be a surprise uh, location. Basically, the North America and Europe continents are all have their Star Wars fans. Okay, You're not going to convert too many more Star Wars fans into um, in going into the last movie here of the of the new trilogy. What we learned after The Force Awakens was that the Asian market really did not understand Star Wars because Star Wars hadn't really been exposed to them as much um, with 
the new trilogies and also the pre or well with the prequels and the original trilogies not really being out in theaters during that time period so um this new generation of kids and fans of star wars don't really know the old star wars so they're not as committed as the fans in north america and europe we saw that really in china uh during this um force awakens that the box office for Force Awakens wasn't as strong as expected. And that was because just not a lot of Star Wars fans or the history of Star Wars hadn't really hit there as well as it should have um, from prior years. So uh, Tokyo being in Japan, I think, is a is a good choice. You're, you're going to expose so much more um, to the Asian market there. Uh, and the city can handle it well. I mean, there are multiple conventions that happen in Tokyo, left and right, and they can handle the capacity of tourists coming in. Also, the organization is on is flawless. Um, New York has been mentioned a couple times of trying to host a Star Wars celebration. I don't think it's going to get it, but who knows? It's a possibility. Uh, with New York Comic Con being growing every single year that it's being exposed and the popularity and it being New York, maybe have Star Wars celebration during the premiere week. Uh, Who knows? It's a possibility. So the Star Wars celebration as a whole, if you are a Star Wars fan, you have to go to a Star Wars celebration. Um, Maybe not 2019, but start mapping out now, making plans. I already am. I said I wanted to go to one. Now I want to go to another one. Even though there was a lot of issues when it dealt with lines and organization, that did not take away from my experience and a lot of people's experience from this event. A lot of people will tell you just being in an area where there's so many Star Wars fans and so many people you can meet and talk to and share that love of Star Wars was unbelievable. I don't know, I can't tell you how many people I talked to just standing in lines and having, you know, just great discussions with them. After the last Jedi trailer was was released, all the discussions that were taking over, what did this piece mean? What did that piece mean? It was crazy. Was that Kylo Ren's mask? Was that Darth Vader's mask? You know, what did Luke mean by the last, you know, the Jedi should end? So if you are a true Star Wars fan and you've yet to go to a Star Wars celebration, Start planning it now. You've got two years in the making. You may not be able to book the hotel and get your tickets now, but start saving up your money now so that when it does come, you can go and experience it and do it like everyone else can um, and just have a blast with it. The celebrities that were there, although you had to wait in line for autographs and and photo ops from the people I talked to, had a great time. Um, And you will make friends and you make a lot of friends there that you can share your experience with, and it's going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity. And who knows um, where the Star Wars celebration will be, but wherever it is, it doesn't matter because you know thousands upon thousands of fans will show up there and sleep in a convention center one night, two nights, three nights, all four nights. Who knows? If they allow it all four nights, then you don't even have to get a hotel room. So that was uh, basically it when, you know, Talking with Mark last week, I apologize for not having it up sooner. I, we just had technical difficulties, but please listen into our uh, podcast on Friday, where Mark and I will be coming back. Now that the Flash and Arrow are coming back in full swings, and all our other TV shows, we'll be talking about. So. 
Thanks again. Let us know what you guys think in the comment section. And if you could, please take a moment and go on iTunes and on SoundCloud and give us a quick rate. Let us know what you think. One star, five stars. Hey, it shows us if we need to get better, if we are doing something right. So thank you guys again for listening to us. And we hope to hear from you guys soon.